Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Leighton Hewitt, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. It's the Davis Cup by BNP Paribas Final. Great Britain are trying to win the competition for the first time since 1936. Belgium, well, they've never won it. So there's lots at stake here in Ghent, and we'll be bringing you a daily show to wrap up the day's action and talk it all through, and we'll be hearing from the players. Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and supported by BNP Paribas, the bank for a changing world. My name is David Law. I'm part of the BBC Radio 5 Live tennis team that will be commentating live on every day of this Davis Cup final. And joining me today are Simon Briggs, The Telegraph's tennis correspondent, Simon, how are you? Yeah, I'm uh, overworked, but enjoying it. It's, it's, it's a good kind of pressure. That's a good position to be in. And a debutante here on the Tennis Podcast, here from British Eurosport, Mr. Rob Curling, a man who I believe, Rob, is one of our listeners. Oh, a huge fan. I love the Tennis Podcast. Don't tell anyone, but that's where I get all my research from. Oh, well, you can definitely come again. Well, we've been here um, in the case of Simon for a few days. I've only just rocked up today. Uh, Rob, when, when did you arrive? I popped in last night in time for the LTA drinks reception and dinner. Uh, that doesn't surprise me enormously, I have to say. Simon, uh, different situation for you. You've been here for a few days. Yeah, we came on Monday. We went to Lille. We found there were no trains crossing the border, which turned out to be nothing to do with security, but a, a Belgian train workforce strike. Uh, hired a car, rushed across, had to rush back to Lille, drop the car off in the morning. It was kind of like planes, trains and automobiles. Uh, and uh, it was pretty um, you know, wild and crazy. But we, we got here and we saw them practicing on the Monday, which was the intention, because we wanted to see what the security was like. As it happened, actually, there, there wasn't uh, a massive police presence. It was all very quiet and calm. Yeah, because I think a few days ago we wondered whether we would be here. Yeah, there was that big concern, sure, and uh, Brussels still apparently is a, is a bit of a ghost town, but uh, Ghent seems extremely serene, and, and I, I, I haven't seen a single policeman since I've been here. No, absolutely, and, it, and coming into the town of Ghent, sir, Robbie, it mm. is a beautiful place, oh, isn't it? Absolutely stunning. Our hotel is opposite an 11th century castle, and I think much of the town is sort of of that period, 11th, 12th century. It's absolutely beautiful. Cobbled streets means the taxis are a bit noisy as you trundle down them, but it's, it's absolutely stunning and simon used the word serene i mean it's quite the most beautiful place and you know it'd be really nice to spend some some real time here 
I'll tell you what, let's just forget the Davis Cup final, shall we? Just have a bit of a sightsee. Uh, now, we've had the draw today. That was preceded by the news that BNP Paribas has renewed its partnership with the ITF to continue as the title sponsor of the Davis and Fed Cups for a further five years, taking it up until 2021. So great news for those competitions and the Junior and Davis and Fed Cups as well. The wheelchair tennis is also supported, so BNP Paribas fully on board for another five years. Great news that for the sport and also for BMP Powerbar. The draw, mm. Simon, threw up a few interesting ones, didn't it? I think reading your coverage in the Telegraph, I got the sense that most people were expecting Kyle Edmund to get the nod from a British perspective, but in the end, he's actually picked both singles players uh, alongside Andy Murray, but Kyle will start. Yeah, he's given himself the option of bringing James in in the fifth rubber if it seems that Kyle maybe wasn't playing great on the first day or if it's, there's a sense that he might be overwhelmed by the pressure. Um, the presence of Inglot would only have been there as an insurance policy in case Andy picked up a niggle or if he was extended to five sets on the first day. And the way the Belgians have gone about it is they've, they've kind of thrown almost a sacrifice ploy in the first day because I don't think anyone really expects Bemelman's to trouble... Andy, I saw, I saw you tweet that Bemelman's very confident in his interview with you, but uh, uh, I, I would have thought that's going to be relatively straightforward. But they're hoping that Darcis will then be able to play well in the doubles and potentially win it in the fifth. And he has a record of doing that. He's won four deciding rubbers in the last six years in Davis Cup. Yeah, he didn't seem that disappointed that he wasn't picked. It was as though, actually, yeah, this is a team ploy, this. Darcis didn't. Yeah. I've got to say I was too busy writing up the, the GB team news to, to actually be able to make it to the Belgian presser. Um, but he, yeah, he's obviously done that against Argentina in the semi-final and, and uh, done it uh, three other times since 2009. So he actually is a fifth rubber specialist. Absolutely, yeah. It was a thrilling uh, victory that he had in the, in the previous round. Rob, you have been alongside me we were both doing our interviews yourself yes. for British Eurosport I was doing them for the BBC yeah. what were your impressions of the players that were coming by you and particularly Carl Edmund I mean this is a huge deal isn't it I mean Simon and I have spoken a few times in the past about Paul-Henri Mathieu mm. who in 2002 played the the fifth rubber the decisive rubber in the Davis Cup final as his debut mm. he was two sets to love up he lost in five and he was kind of never the same again this is a huge Huge deal, isn't it? I suppose he would rather go the John McEnroe way. And in 1978, he played his first singles rubber and, and won the tournament, won the title against Great Britain. Yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, it's quite difficult to tell with Kyle because he is very softly spoken. He's quite new to the media. I've worked with him a little bit, actually, on, on you know, how to, how to deal with all that side of things. But I spoke to Leon about this at, at the O2 and I said, please pick Kyle because I think it would be great. <laughs> it's good to see he's listened to me, isn't it? But it's, um, you know, because he had that terrific win in Argentina on the clay, you know, against decent opposition, you know, Burlock in the final. And I said, but what about the nerves? And Leon said, look, everyone's going to have some nerves. And I, I think that Kyle w- will cope admirably. He, he would have picked him for the semi-final against Australia had he not turned his ankle. So... I think Leon has faith in Kyle, and I also think David Goffin has going to have an awful lot of pressure on his shoulders. I think he will be very nervous. You know, he is Belgium's big hope here, and he's going to have 90% of the fans 
expecting him to win this. So I think there's going to be pressure on either side. And I, I reckon Kyle, watching, watching him hit out there just now with Andy Murray, he looks far from nervous. He looks very, very comfortable and very confident. We're going to have to send Simon Briggs on his way to go and write for his deadlines in the Telegraph, things you'll be reading in the morning. Simon, we'll just ask you about what you are writing in a minute. But first of all, what's your perception? Because, I mean, Rob's mentioned there the confidence that Kyle is showing out there on the practice court. He's obviously had results on clay of late, but it is a different kettle of fish, isn't it? Stepping out in front of 13,000 fans on an occasion like this. Yeah, I think he, he won't be under massive pressure tomorrow in a sense because no one's expecting him to beat Goffin and really what you're hoping he'll do is, is make him work, take a set off him just give him a bit of a roughing up with that huge forehand that, that Cole possesses and um, hope to go into the doubles 1-1 I think if it does go down to a fifth rubber we are in big doo-doo because I really don't <laughs> see Kyle or James um, as the favourite against Darcis who's been there, done it will be playing on home soil against um, in front of a crowd of 13,000 and it'll be a bit like when Dan Evans got the chance to do it against Russia You know, it'll be a surprise and it'll be a sense of, oh, we've, we've got the chance. We, we weren't expecting him to be here at 2 2. Now we've got the chance and we can do it. And he'll be on a massive momentum upswing. So if it goes to a fifth, I think they're, they're 70%, 80% likely to, to win. The, the GB challenge is to stop it before then by Murray winning three points. Will they? Yeah, I would have thought so. So what do you think is actually going to happen? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're obviously the most likely scenario is for, for GB to win 3-1 on Sunday afternoon, which is what has happened in the last two ties, isn't it? Yeah. And, I mean, that's the, the Murray three-pointer scenario, which everybody says is impossible to maintain over an entire Davis Cup campaign, but Andy's proved a lot of people wrong. So what are we going to read in the uh, Telegraph tomorrow? Well, one, one uh, thing which you may see is an entertaining graphic, which I've been trying to prepare, of how Kyle's going to set up against Goffin. And my state of mind is... Uh, so haywire that I, I delivered this to the office and it showed him serving the ball into the net <laughs> now that really is an unusual and, and bold tactic I would suggest uh, I, I drew the, ball, the bounce of the ball on, on our side of the net rather than on the far side of the net which my, my sports editor uh, rang me back in a slightly puzzled mood saying this, this is your, your master plan after uh, 78 years I've forgotten what the number is as well now you're hoping for I'm a, a bit aren't I? I'm going to bits David you're hoping for 100 let cord winners uh, Simon Briggs Telegraph's tennis correspondent great to have you with us here on the tennis podcast Rob Curling and I yeah. will just shuffle over here as Simon goes off to go and write all the important words that we'll be reading online tonight and in the morning of course in the newspapers it is a fantastic occasion this isn't it to be here I mean it's it has been a you know a, a funny old week wondering how things would unfold but now here in this stadium it's it's a traveling circus isn't it the tennis tour and suddenly everybody we know who we were we were around and seeing last week at the o2 arena is suddenly here at the davis cup final by bnp paribas and it's it's it's, it's awesome, isn't it? it? It's totally awesome. And you're absolutely right. You know, there, is the, there was the uncertainty, although the general thinking was that it, it, it would go ahead. But we didn't quite know, did we? We didn't know quite what the atmosphere would be. But as, as is so often the case with all these things, once you get there, once you get down to the nitty-gritty of, of doing the work, that's all you're really thinking about. 
but as you say, we we are a big, huge tennis family as well. So you're suddenly with all the guys that you work with, and you know you see around all the time. And, and so our own atmosphere, you know, within the media is great, and it's super to see the players in, in such good form and seeming seeming very relaxed as well. And, and everyone just seems really happy to be here. And I, I think the atmosphere this weekend again is going to be so positive and just absolutely fantastic. I think I, I mentioned earlier to you when we were talking about Carl Edmund making his debut about how John McEnroe had played his debut singles rubber in the Davis Cup final against Great Britain in 1978. Paul Hutchins remembers it well. He was the captain. He was there. So who better to ask about John McEnroe in 1978? So I remember being in the tunnel with McEnroe, you know, walking on. It was his first match in Davis Cup. And who was this little squirt of a guy, you know, 18 years of age, playing his first Davis Cup? And, well, he turned out to be quite a guy, didn't he? But anyway, it was very good. And and we were actually one all after the first match. Um, McEnroe beat uh, John Lloyd. Then Buster Mottram beat Brian Gottfried. And, and then we, but we lost the doubles and we lost the match. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel, and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live, and you can watch on your phone or your smart TV, both in HD. Matt, this sounds like your kind of thing. Yeah, there's nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere, dipping in to where there's the latest final set tiebreak or even the latest bit of aggro. And David, don't worry, you can just watch your favourite court, Suzanne Longlen, all day if you want. But whatever you choose, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Do you know, I think in a lot of ways, the French Open is now my favourite slam. It's the strategy of the clay court tennis, the way it challenges players, and particularly now with legends of the game up against a new generation of young players. I cannot wait. Be there when it happens with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Subscribe to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. Sure. So, but it, it was fantastic that you know we we could get to the final, and you know it took it took a long time to sort of replicate that, and we got to the semi final once, and we did we had a pretty good record in in, in those thirteen years, I, I have to say. But it was uh, as I said, it was to do with more of the players than myself. 
So, Paul Hutchins, the man who guided Britain to the Davis Cup final the last time Britain were there in 1978. Now, we've been asking you on Twitter, at Tennis Podcast, how you're going to be following this final. Scarlett Rose says she's going to pretend she's British, drink a lot of beer, and watch at whatever random time it's playing in Virginia, United States. Hugh Beasley intends to use it as an excuse to stay in bed all day. Andy Millman reckons he's so excited he might just explode. He'll watch it home on TV. And Nolly says, I'll be on the sofa in the middle of the night from Australia. One of the interesting talking points as well is the surface here, isn't it, Rob? Because it's indoor clay. I think the last time that Andy Murray played Davis Cup or at all, indoor clay was 10 years ago against Switzerland away in the Davis Cup I remember being there um, and uh, it was it was some occasion and, and in the end Great Britain lost heavily to Switzerland with Roger Federer at, at the peak of his powers and Stan Wawrinka just starting to come through but I don't know the sense that I'm getting from people around is that the, that may not be enough for Belgium I, I think so. I, I'm not an expert enough to know the difference of playing or the subtleties of indoor and outdoor clay, but I know Andy's uh, Davis Cup clay um, win-loss ratio is pretty good. It's somewhere around the 4-1s, I think. I mean, obviously there was that time against Fornini, which was just a, a, a kind of one-off, I think. But, yeah, yeah, a few of us were talking about him and, and thinking, I wonder if the Belgians are thinking to themselves... Why have we picked clay now? Because, you know, the, there's, with Kyle's performance in Argentina a few weeks ago, Andy looks pretty comfortable on it. I wonder if they have given themselves much of an advantage, in fact. But I think that they, certainly speaking to David Goffin, we, we spoke to him earlier, you and I, and he does seem more comfortable on that surface. Mm. I think he feels, I think also there's probably some demons he wants to put behind him from when he got a thrashing from Andy Murray a few weeks ago indoors in Paris. I think he won one game in mm. that match. It was one in love, wasn't it? It was, it was an extraordinary one, that. And, yeah, that's a peculiar one. I, I wonder if that, in a way, will give him uh, a, a little bit of strength because it was just, uh, it was, that was a one-off. That was a weird performance. And his reaction afterwards was a little strange as well, David Goffin. I think, I think he's now had plenty of time to focus so much on this whereas Andy's obviously been playing down at the O2 as has Jamie the other guys have been off playing tournaments around the world I'm wondering how much of a difference that might make actually for in terms of the British team's match sharpness because Belgium in a way have just been sitting around for the last three weeks haven't they without any actual match play Steve Darcy's we know had that or Darcy by the way I checked with him it depends which part of Belgium you come from but he's Darcy yeah yeah he was pretty categoric about that so apologies for getting your name wrong after checking with you Steve (laughs) Steve Darcy Darcy but um, obviously he had that ankle injury and and I wondered maybe is that what was that why he hasn't been picked uh, in the singles and he's been put in the doubles but I think you cover that pretty well with Simon Actually, he said to me he was disappointed not to be playing in the singles. He thought that would have been, you know, just so exciting for him. But, you know, if they are keeping him back for that emergency fifth rubber, or it could be too late by then, I don't know. But I I think he would have loved to have played on that opening day singles. It's a big call, isn't it? Absolutely. Now, um, you mentioned Andy Murray. Let's hear from him. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped. Um, You know, there's nerves there, uh, obviously, and... That's really positive thing. Um, you know, when when I'm not nervous is normally when I worry a, a little bit. Um, you know, it's obviously big uh, big opportunity for for all of us. Um, but 
I believe that we've prepared as best we can. I trust everyone in the team, uh, from the, all of the, the staff to all of the, the players. Everyone's played a huge part in getting us here. And I think everyone should be excited about the, the prospect of playing in, in a Davis Cup final. And hopefully we can, we can play well and win at the end of the, the weekend. So Andy Murray, Rob, an awful lot rests on that young man's shoulders from a Great Britain perspective. We know from living in the UK just how much attention will be on this tie and obviously our two respective networks, the BBC Five Live I work for, we have BBC TV online covering it, and obviously British Eurosport from your perspective. Mm. This huge focus on this tie and in particular on Andy Murray. He does handle it well, doesn't he? Oh, he handles it extremely well. I mean, he's so used to the pressure now. I mean, he's taken on that that mantle that Tim Hemman and Greg Rosetsky used to have of being the British hope. It was always at Wimbledon, wasn't it? I mean, for, for, for so long, that's all British tennis fans really knew was what went on at Wimbledon. I think it's become more global now. I think people are far more aware of, of the other tournaments, but still the pressure is on our big main hope, and that's Andy. And, and having won Olympic gold, having won the US Open, having won Wimbledon, there's not much left to prove, is there? But to get a Davis Cup win would just pretty much seal his career for him, wouldn't it? But as much as he is the celebrated hero of this Davis Cup team, and rightly so with his record, I do feel that the unsung hero is his brother Jamie. If you look at the doubles, and we know that the doubles is always such a pivotal, pivotal part of, of Davis Cup, Dave, uh, Jamie has really rescued that, that doubles team on occasion with his brother and I, I think he gets rather left out actually when the plaudits are being made Talking of unsung heroes what about Leon Smith? I mean it is an extraordinary story isn't it to, to consider uh, the look on his face when I just reminded him at the start of my interview that five years ago they were on the brink of Euro-African Zone 3 yes. I did exactly the same and a big big smile on his face because I suppose everyone is saying the, the same thing and isn't it amazing because not many people knew who Leon Smith was when he came in to take over the captaincy. Did he replace John Lloyd? Correct, yeah. Right? yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was just... His selection seems to have been utterly brilliant, Leon, all the way through. I love the way he's, he's experimented. I, I think his bringing in players like Kyle a few years ago when he was never going to play him but he would he went or name him in the squad but he brought him to the events he brought him up to the Brayhead in in Glasgow three years ago whatever just to be around the team to sense what it was like and to get a feel for what being at a Davis Cup is like and here is Kyle now making his debut in the Davis Cup final for goodness sake so I think Leon has been totally inspired in his selection in, in his coaching method he seems to get the best out of the players uh, I, I think you know, the, the, the mood in the camp always seems to be absolutely fantastic um, Scotland are very good at tennis aren't they? Oh, pretty good as well, Great Britain are particularly good <laughs> at tennis um, it, it's funny you know we're talking about Leon Smith and Carl Edmund, I, I just got the sense over the last 10 days or so that Leon wanted to pick Kyle, oh, I, yeah. think, I think he was trying to work out should I really, uh, somebody who's never played it before but I think when he went over to Buenos Aires and saw him play the way it was I think he was looking at him and just thinking you know, this guy's playing too well not to pick, that's, that's the, the thing what do you think, Rob is going to happen over the next three days who's going to win, what's gonna, the score going to be I do think Great Britain will win and I think it's going to come down to that 
first match on the Sunday. I, I, I'm sure we'll be one all after day one. For Kyle to get past Goffin in that opening match, I think, is a little bit much to ask. But it's by no means out of the question. I, I don't know about Goffin's nerves, how strong they are, how well they'll hold. So I th- I, let's assume that that will go the way of Belgium. Andy has to beat the number 108, doesn't he, in, in, in that second match. Otherwise, that's gone hopelessly wrong. And then the doubles, well, look at the way Jamie and Andy have been playing doubles together. Uh, so we go in on Sunday in the lead, and Andy brings home the cup for Great Britain. That's the way it's going to go. All live on British Eurosport, may I just tell you. And on BBC Radio 5 Live and across BBC Television and online. Uh, We're all friends together here and we're joined here on the Tennis Podcast in one little lovely family. Rob, it's been great to have you with us. Thanks, David. It's an absolute pleasure because I think you do a fantastic job in this podcast. Who wins, by the way, in the predictions overall between you and Catherine? Oh, well, obviously me. Oh, of course. Catherine Whitaker, not here, thankfully. So (laughs) I can just talk and listen. Listen, you can't hear her, can you? You can't hear her she's nowhere to be seen not just at the moment listening at home but she may be here over the weekend if I can just draft her in I'm not sure whether I convince her to come just yet but we will be back with daily podcasts here from Ghent on the Davis Cup by BMP Paribas final couple of little parish notices for you you should go to the telegraph sport website read all the stuff being produced by simon briggs over the next few days go and have a look at some of the other stories they've done as well the wilderness years story just to realize how in the doldrums british tennis was for a while there's some fantastic interviews on there paul hayward is out here who's personally i think one of my favorite writers in the business it's fantastic to see him here as well uh go to have a look at wearetennis.com as well if you are into facebook and twitter and sharing your thoughts with other tennis fans that's the place to be wearetennis.com and their social media channels we are the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph, supported by BNP Powerbar, the bank for a changing world. I'll leave you with one other little final notice, because at the Royal Albert Hall, the week after the Davis Cup final, Champions Tennis will begin. John McEnroe is part of the field there, alongside so many of the legends of the sport in that, that incredibly popular tournament. And on Saturday the 5th of December, tie break tens, a new tennis format Super fast, super competitive, a lot of fun, and some big names playing in that as well. Andy Murray, Tim Henman, David Ferrer, the world number seven, and young Carl Edmund. So a fabulous field of players. Three hours of pulsating action. Ten tie breaks with two groups of three players played in round robin, then semi-finals and final. And that should be a lot of fun. But I tell you what, the next three days are going to be a lot of fun. We'll be back with more from the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph very soon. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 